0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to this and extra special IGN UK podcast, Extra, with a big X in the middle of Extra. I'm joined by Mr. Daniel Krupa, who's actually in control of the controls today. (laughs) It's going to go terribly wrong. It's all going to go awfully wrong, isn't it? Uh, And for the next half an hour or so, we are going to chat to the entire Microsoft team. Well, at least now it's a bit of a lie. We've got three wonderful Microsoft... I I, I can't call you employees, can I? That just sounds wrong. Microsoft employees. What do you think? I will tell you what. I'll let you do your own introductions, and that way, I'm not going to tread on anybody's toes. Uh, we'll start with you, Ted. Great. <laughs> you are I'm employee
1: Ted number three, two, one, seven, nine, eight. No, in, in seriousness, I work
0: at Lionhead Studios, uh, and I'm a lead designer on Fable Heroes. And uh, Jennifer Clicksby's here as well, and you're also at Lionhead.
2: Yep, yeah, at Lionhead, I'm a producer, and I worked on Fable Heroes with Ted.
3: Mm. And Rog Carpenter's here as well. Rog, what do you do? I am I guess I'm the odd one out, because I'm part of the Xbox Live Arcade team, based out of Guildford, so I know these two guys as well, but yep. I manage all the uh, European-based developments on Xbox Live Arcade.
0: Okay. Did you have anything to do with Trials? Yes. Because we are a little bit uh, besotted by Trials in this office. Me too. Office. Really? <laughs> yes. That's good
4: to know. <laughs> are you any good at it, though?
3: I'm... Okay. I'm an easy Is scout. Is that <laughs> I'm <didn't say> otherwise? <laughs> okay. I'm an easy scalp. but uh, yeah, no, I'm all right. Yeah. Well, we'll put, we'll put all three of you to the test after uh-oh, this, man. maybe. Let's, got, let's awesome. get our leaderboards up. And then yeah, we let's do it.
0: <laughs> so, guys, first off, um, one thing that uh, we always get loads of emails about and loads of questions whenever we go to any events or anything, uh, we're always asked, how did you get uh, into the games industry? How did you become a journalist in the games industry? Um, and obviously, you know, we, we, we tell the usual story about how it was sheer luck and or we slept our way to the top. With you guys, how, how were you fortunate enough to get into a position where you could make games for a living? Well, Who wants to go
3: first?
1: Yeah. Shall I go? Uh, go, Ted. So I did a week of work experience in 2004 at Lionhead where I made tea and I did washing up. And I also happened to play a lot of Fable 1 and uh, a couple of weeks after the work experience um Andy Robson who was the head of testing phoned me up and said would I like a job testing fable 1 for a month and yeah I tested fable 1 for a month and 8 years later wow. uh working on fable heroes so is that quite a been... typical
4: sort of pathway through testing or is that unusual I think or... li-
1: it's a it's a really t- typical path of line heads I don't think it's industry wide we have a work experience program um where um, two or three times a year, we have a set of young young people of college coming in, and we give them a shot and uh, yeah, see where they go. But the lead de- the lead level designer on Fable Heroes came through the Workx. Uh, the lead level designer on Fable the Journey came through the WorkEx program as well. There's about ten or fifteen of us, so it's great that Lionhead
0: support that kind of thing. Sure, Jennifer, would you say you know do you think Lionhead is quite a different place to work? Do you find it you know in its working practices? Would you say it's a more unusual than most other places
2: Uh, within the games industry I'm not really sure but certainly like other offices I imagine are quite different like you're working with people who have a common interest like like everyone who works in games is there because they like games like it's it's not just a job you to been the thrown people that together work by there? circumstance. Yeah. We're a bit like that in our yeah.
4: office, I guess. Yeah. So you do you socialise a lot together then? So you quite a close. Yeah, bridge. like
2: there always has been a really good sort of just community outside of work. Everyone talks about games all the time. Uh but yeah, we were out last we, night. We certainly socialised last night. Uh <laughs> yeah. so yeah, it was a really good turnout. We had some senior management come along as well, so it's great when it's they great. turn up because yeah. they bring the
0: credit card. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> mm.
0: Rog, Roger, what about you? How did you How did you first get your break in this crazy industry?
3: It's a bit different for me. I was working for a, a toy company called Hasbro, who makes lots of things like Transformers, and I was busy helping design bits of plastic for them and the board games, so Triple Pursuit and all things like that. And did then you actually um, designed the
0: little bits of pie for for triple yeah, Pursuit? Yeah, wow. I did.
3: I'm I made the Tool that that makes the pies. There you go. <laughs> Claim to fame. I really uh, but like a mate of proceed. mine, they just set up Hasbro Interactive, and a mate of mine was in the startup team of that. And he one day said, "You play games, don't you?" And I was like, "Yeah," because we had been playing little uh, LBA quite a bit and Magic Carpet. And then we, uh, he just said, "Well, we've got an opening position as a QA manager." And I went, "What's one of them then?" And he sort of described it a that sounds fun. I'll get to play games for a living then. And so that was my entry. He got me in as a job, QA manager for Hasbro Interactive. And then within six to eight months, uh, yeah, I started to do production stuff, which was Worms Armageddon was the first title I All went right. on. So, um, yeah, that's how I got in. Ted, if somebody was uh, looking to
0: get that first foothold in the games industry, would you say there's any particular qualifications they should, they should go for? Well, I mean... <laughs> I'm totally unqualified, so maybe I should have told Lionhead
1: that eight years ago, but I think Rog mentioned a good thing there, which is testing is a really good way in. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously these days you have the beauty of indie development as well, Mm -hmm. people just getting a computer and a, a mobile phone or a tablet and just trying to make a little game for it, and I think that's another really good venture in. And obviously going to university and getting qualified,
0: so there's a few ways in. It's almost like we've come full circle back to the bedroom coders of yeah. the uh, early 1980s. That's how it feels to me. You've got all these little guys now that can sit on their own and, and produce a game that's really worth playing. Yeah, it it's must be a very exciting time. It's yeah. definitely
3: very doable that way. I mean, we we all know friends and, yeah, and colleagues who have gone off and tried little bits and pieces. So. Anything
1: with a screen and a processor yeah. and people are making games for it, sure, <laughs> which is yeah. awesome. You know, it is, really is going back to the bedroom stage of... Game development, again. and I
0: think now, especially with the uh, with the release of the Raspberry Pi, mm. you know this this uh, twenty nine dollar computer. I'm so excited that the fact that you know kids now could could conceivably learn to code in the same way I used to learn to code on a ZX81. Yeah, uh, you know, and yeah. really getting into the nuts and bolts of a device like that is really going to be. When good I was, when I was at
1: school, it, I mean, programming had been taken out of the curriculum, and it was I was really gutted when I, I got into like GCSEs and A-level, and programming wasn't a part of it anymore. And I think that, from what I've heard recently, they are trying to bring it back mm. yeah, with definitely. the Raspberry Pi. It is
3: coming back. Yeah, yeah. I
1: yeah. think it's about time, and I think it's long overdue. Yeah, so it's, it's really good to know.
2: It's something I didn't realise till they did the Raspberry Pi, because when I was in school, I did computing, and the, we did a bit of programming, and we oh. I, I kind of assumed that that carried on. But it, I think I was just lucky that at the time, the schools supported learning programming and yeah. not just teaching you how to use word processors. and.
4: I never did any programming. I used to do IT. I did IT for three years and I got told how to do a spreadsheet, pivot table yeah. and a PowerPoint. I've never used PowerPoint never used that I've never given a presentation but I would love to learn how to code yeah well hopefully this you know hopefully this will start to come back to, to the fore now with
0: regards to to like coding a game or or in fact with regards to making a game what is the process and where, do, where does when you get that first germ of an idea that first seed what is the process that, that then carries on from there onwards when, when somebody says I've got a great idea for a game what is the next step what happens
2: well Fable Heroes was actually a little bit different in that like how so you can start out a couple of different ways and Ted actually just went off had an idea for a game he got some people in their spare time to prototype it with him and then he just showed the like here's the idea for the game in the game and he did Instead of using PowerPoint, he did a presentation within the game where you went up to a pillar.
1: Yeah, God. So, so like, yeah, it came from a cup of coffee over lunch with a good friend of mine, John. And we were just having a nostalgic sort of moment of our games aren't how they used to be, that kind of thing. And that was where we just thought a four player hack and slash party Fable game could really work. So, yeah, like Jen said, rather than doing a design doc for it, we just modified the Fable 3 engine. Uh, got four player working really quickly, and we showed Louise Murray and Peter Molyneux uh, what mm. we'd done. So yeah, and the pillars was really funny because whenever you pitch a, a design to a uh, like someone like Microsoft or Lionhead, they always want to know what your pillars are, like whether it's story, multiplayer, the core features. Mm-hmm. So we actually put these pillars in the game, and you ran up to them and interacted with it, and it was like pillar one, <laughs> and then you found
4: pillar two and pillar three, and mm. I think they really appreciated that. Yeah. What There's- was um, Peter's reaction when he saw the idea behind Fable and um, because it's it looks quite different initially. And, yeah, and
1: I think it's because we had the four player working straight away. That because him, Louise, myself, and, and I think John was playing, because the four of us were playing and we were having fun. Um, straight away they they greenlit the project, and that was where Jen came on yeah. board to
2: So that's that's not normally a a typical how games are made. Yeah. Normally, <laughs> normally there's a big design doc. All the designers get together. They have an idea. They flesh it out document it all technical guys go through it write yeah. technical documents the artists write up and document on how the art style will be and then that all gets pitched and there's lots of big meetings And
1: I guess we were more like pro- an indie project really in yeah. the sense
3: yeah. that I think you're quite atypical of Xbox Live Arcade yes. stuff I mean yeah. the stuff we have pitched to us and we get a lot of stuff pitched to us is all kind of follows the pattern you've described someone yeah. has a great idea and a group of mates get together and just iterate on that idea and then come to us at some point going what do you think usually there's some sort of playable that we can get our teeth into yeah that's it it's the playable that's the germ we want we're going to work on that that's great so
0: So am I you know am I reading this wrong but could could literally anybody Rog come up to you and pitch a game
3: well not directly to me we have a process for doing this stuff but that's the idea Yeah. yeah I mean we we have a team of guys that go around to all the big shows and go to all the big conventions and we are open to have meetings with anybody and just go right yeah if you have an idea
4: so you're, you're is it a two way thing people approach you but you're also scouting
3: yeah we have internal ideas we have stuff that we go we'd love a you know we have a portfolio that we manage across the Xbox live arcade within the first party thing anyway and and we have gap spaces or ideas of things that we would like to fill slots with and so we can go out to other people, other known developers, or just teams that we're impressed with. A team could come to us with a very impressive demo, but it may not be the right thing, but we could say, how about if we've got this idea, won't you come back to us thinking on this? And that'll just set the germ going in a different way.
4: So it's and then from that point on, it becomes more of a collaborative process yeah. between.
3: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's what we try and do with Xbox Live Arcade within Microsoft Studios anyway. Try and be as collaborative as possible.
4: And to go back to Fable Heroes, why was it important that the game was part of the Fable universe and not its own thing? Why we just when we started off because it was for a Lionhead Creative Day
1: uh project. Can um, you just
0: linehead Lionhead Creative Day, what's that?
1: So uh every year we have a few days dedicated to um everyone puts down the tools and uh we can create whatever we like and um you get people experimenting with Unreal and creating little Unreal projects. Um, Some people would do PowerPoint presentations or design documents, and uh, we decided to make a four-player Fable game. And really, it's because we all love Fable. I mean, we we could have tried something else, but we just wanted to to really... um, We felt that Gauntlet would fit in the Fable world, essentially. Fable has always been about combat and creatures, and it just felt like the two would gel together really well. And then the inclusion of the heroes, uh, which actually happened after Creative Day, uh, was really the icing on the cake, I think. That's
0: quite a good idea. We should have one of those Creative Days where where we actually do some work occasionally. (laughs) Excuse do you think? <laughs> be I know it's a crazy <laughs> idea. It'll never it'll never work. So, um, Ted you were saying that you kind of you got on board really with the with the first fable, fable 1. Yes. Uh, Jennifer, when when did you join the fable universe?
2: Yeah, it was Fable 1 as well. Yeah. So, I actually had a similar path in. I had um, a couple of weeks in work experience, which was cool, and then they were looking for a production assistant on the movies in Fable so I was kind of splitting my time between the two, but then I went full time Fable when that was finishing up. So I think that was like the last eight months or so on Fable One. Must yeah. have been
0: it has been quite a journey, really, from Fable One to to Fable as it is now. You must be kind of—do you feel like proud parents in a way, the way you've seen this universe grow? <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, not sure about parents. Like the parents very much. Like. Like Louise, the head of the Fable franchise, Louise Murray. I think she's she's mum. And yeah. I guess
1: I'm just really proud to be a part of it and I love I love the the universe and, and I love Albion. It's yeah, love there's no yeah. other game like <laughs> yeah, I thinking it. That. You know, it's, Fable really is the sum of all of its parts. You've got so many just random things going on and it has a real uniqueness to it and it's great to be a part of that.
0: Sure. I mean this must be hard for you with with uh with fable heroes, are you looking to to kind of get the game in front of a of a different demographic than the rest of the fable games? Because I, it's 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 you know significantly different, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, we just wanted to create a
1: game that kind of anyone could play, and like it's the first game I've ever worked on that I've managed to have like. Put in front of my mum and my sister and my dad and they've been able to play it which has been really fun to watch them play but also uh like i spent last saturday drinking whiskey uh with three of my friends pl- and eating pizzas and drinking beer so i think it it, it really is and just playing the
2: game right. He also game, play yeah. Heroes, play yeah. <laughs>
1: and uh you know it's, it's just really it's about you know getting together with three friends and just just playing whether yeah. you're yeah. a nine-year-old child or well, that's playing with your kids as well
2: we didn't like. We didn't really set out for it to be like um, a kids' game, you know. It wasn't. It wasn't aimed at a younger audience. We like. We liked the cartoon visual sort of style, mm. and from that, it was like, well, we don't really need blood in the game. Like, what's that really adding? Yeah. And the more people played it, the more they were saying, like, oh, if if it wasn't quite as competitive, like I, this would be great to play with my kids. Like, it's a fun like game. They'd mm. love it. So that's how our sort of family mode was born because we were like, oh, okay, so there's people who think that would be great to play with their Mm -hmm. girlfriends or kids or, and yeah, they so family mode, everyone shares the same score and you're all together. There's less of a, I've beat you, which is what you're doing with your friends, with your pizza and beers,
1: yeah. and it's great. Been reading Twitter because you've got everyone saying like, there's a huge range of people going. Oh, I've been playing it with my kids; they love it. And then you've also got like the hardcore gamers who are going, "Oh my god, I can play as Jack of Blades and Reaver. That's awesome!" Uh, so yeah, hopefully, we've actually ended up appealing to as many
0: people as possible. That's great. Really exciting. Mm-hmm. Rog, mm-hmm. I, I just ask you a, a question about um, this. I um, something like. Trials, yeah. uh, which is a you know a downloadable title. Is it is it different? Is it much different working on a on a on a title like that than it is from working on a on a on a fully boxed product?
3: Yeah, it certainly is. I mean the the speed and the not only the speed of the development, but the uh, the feeling of teamwork. In my experience, is far greater working on the digital titles. So I mean, you get much closer to the your developer colleagues. And have much a stronger role to play from my own personal point of view, and you kind of the the um, the feeling of success is more enhanced. It's a very immediate way of getting to people. It's on launch day, and these guys found this out yesterday. It's a uh, very exciting to have a day when your game actually launches, and then you can physically watch how many people are downloading. You can see immediately people are buying it, downloading it. Playing it, tweeting about it—it's all really very exciting. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a, an extremely rewarding process, mm. very rewarding.
4: So the night before it launches, it nerves. What are you feeling the night? Oh, oh, it, I
2: it haven't slept in weeks. Yeah, yeah. Was, it's <laughs> not just the night before, is it? It's <laughs> rare. <Well, laughs> the the, the lead-up.
3: i mean, for me, the whole arcade next thing's been like it's been a huge journey to get to this point, and now it's four long weeks of expectation and hope yeah, and some's good some some's amazing and some's less so right but it's it's all been an extreme extremely fantastic experience so far and we've still got another week to go i think it's great that you've that we've there's these really two clear
0: pathways for gamers now you've got you've got the really massively in-depth boxed games that that you know will take you weeks months to, to master and then you've got the downloadable stuff which you can pick up and you can play for an hour and it's you know it's not not only is it suited to just a casual gamer but, but proper gamers can also really get their teeth into it as well mm. Mm. Um, now we've got Fable the Journey coming up soon uh, uh, so if, obviously um, Ted's got his um, Fable
1: the Journey and then my Fable Heroes T-shirt underneath. Wow. You know, really rocking the Fable today. Very good. <laughs> Fable message. underwear or? I uh, unfortunately not. No, <laughs> just the tops. Not the union uh, We'll jet. have a word with uh,
0: marketing when we get back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Fable Journey coming soon-ish. Later this year. Later yes. this year. And is that the last we'll see of Albion? Is that the last we'll see of the Fable franchise? Or do you think do you think there'll be more things to, to come? What a point question. With Albion,
1: you know, it's always, we've always been listening to the fans and listening to how they, you know, they want more um, and yeah hopefully you know we've got things like books coming out uh, later this year as well so we really are starting to get into as many different areas and really spread out in because we find that a lot of people love reading about it they love talking about it they love playing in the world so yeah, yeah I'm there's such a this rich
2: sort of history and lore yeah. that was created just around the fable games like it goes really deep into well, of Bleeds has always been a fan favorite because of the mythology behind him. Yeah. I mean, mm. if you
1: said to me last year, would you be releasing an Xbox Live Arcade four, four player Fable game? I, I would have laughed, yeah. you know. So who knows what the so next it, year will bring.
0: It must seem like, it. you know, there's much more that you could conceivably do in, in, in a universe like this, you know, it, as an XBLA title. Because well, if you break down Fable as a, let's say, Fable 3,
1: for example, you have the simulation, you have the story, you have the combat. Uh, you have all the quirky little side quests. I mean, I'd love uh, make your own adventure book. Do you remember? Do you remember, do yeah. You remember yeah, read those yeah, where yeah. you choose at the bottom. It gives you a choice Close page. You know, I'd love something like that based on Fable. And I think that if you break down all those individual parts, you could have a social game. You know, or you could have a, a combat thing, or you could have a, a nice little story to read. And I think that yeah, there's there's loads of different paths that Fable could go down.
0: What about a TV show? Or or you know, in, in the in the kind of style of Game of Thrones. or What something were we like laughing that? about earlier? Was it
1: uh, The Musical? Fable The Musical? Fable The or Musical? Oh, Because
3: yeah. <laughs> we're
1: walking through the tube and there's all these musicals like...
3: Trick The Blade, Musical. Yeah, Jack of Blades The Musical. Jeff
1: God,
0: that'd be <laughs> awesome, wouldn't it? Wow. Who'd you, get, who'd you get to play him? Wow. I have yeah. no idea. Who'd <laughs> play Jack of Blades? I'm surprised you haven't Jack thought of oh. like, uh-huh. this. You probably dreamt what you're
4: doing. Yeah, I know. That's I'll, I'll get back to you. Okay, he's writing the songs. I'll write it out, yeah. Stephen's on
0: Yeah, I probably should write the songs.
2: Document documentation together yeah,
0: yeah. We'll pitch it next. <laughs> yeah, let's that, talk that's your next creative day sort yeah, of that. yeah exactly <laughs> we'll get on because it was at the Odeon so we could feasibly yeah. you know, set up a stage brilliant one last thing uh, really can't let you go without asking uh, this one question uh, I'm sure each of you has got uh, probably a, a separate answer uh, for this uh, what was it like working with Peter Molyneux
2: dead <laughs> <laughs> you know. well, oh. like,
1: someone asked me a question yesterday of you know could you kind of ever predict what Peter's going to do and I think that <laughs> you just can't you know it's uh, sometimes you think you can and then you you end up wrong and I think that was I really liked the unpredictability I, mm. I really liked it when um, you'd be in a meeting with him and he's silent for 15 minutes and then he just comes out with something and you're just like oh that's yeah. great and he's a real character to be around and
2: I think he he always tried to push us to make the games as good as possible like he'd he'd come up with ideas and requests and you'd you'd at first look at him and you're saying oh that that seems like too much work peter and but he'd be like why he'd always he'd always question why and you'd have to drill down into it and then you'd somehow go oh hang on yeah there is a way to do he'd that He'd
1: never take no for an answer yeah. really with that Yeah I mean of stuff.
2: yeah eventually you know some, we could some things off. Some things we could do, some things we couldn't do, but he was always, always pushing us.
1: And at the start of Fable Heroes, I mean, he 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 was really happy for us to go off and make the game, and he just said like, "I'll be hands off with it," um, which was a surprise, obviously, because um, he's always been so involved with everything that Lionhead's made. Um, but he said one thing to me, and he's like, "Just so you know, I the one thing I will care about is the leveling up system." Mm-hmm. And after that point, I just. That was always what I was thinking about, and I think it's it's good that he planted that seed because I think that's what's given Fable Heroes its very unique board game leveling up system. Um, so yeah, which it's, came to you in a it dream. It can inspire as well. Yeah, that's really cheesy. Yeah. I had a really I had a dream about really. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had a dream one night about the leveling up system yes, in my head. And it was awesome. Wow. It was just like in my head, I was rolling dice and I was buying upgrades. I went into work the next day. I was like, Jen, I've got it. I know what our level up system is." <laughs> he had is. like,
2: he had post-its or something. Like, yeah, because like, you it had like it next to your bed. Writing. I you like go, woke up oh, and wrote right. it out yeah. and came in with it.
1: And it was just like, look, this got- scrap piece of paper. It's look, it's board game, Fable Heroes. I was
2: thinking he'd been working too hard. He's going, he's <laughs> gone a He's uh, finally down. gone. But he's, everyone on, he's our, like- on our
1: small team, everyone bought into it, and it's great that you know, somewhere along the lines, Peter planted that seed in my head. I had a, I had a dream about it. And then <laughs>
4: what is it about yeah. Peter and dreams? Cause um, Tom, Tom Butler, we talked about this earlier, but t- um, just before Christmas, Tom Butler, who is our um, community manager and social guy, he came in one morning. He said, I had a dream last night about Peter Molyneux, like, all right. And he said, um, he's going to do the IGN cr- Christmas speech. Isn't that weird? And we made it happen. Yeah.
2: Wow. <laughs> we made it happen. That's awesome.
4: But yeah, he peer, keeps peering to people in dreams. Yeah, he just yeah. jumps into people's heads and just appears <laughs> in the middle
1: of the night.
0: Okay, well, I think we will pretty much leave it there. Thanks ever so much for joining us, Rod Carpenter, Ted Timmins, Jennifer Clixby. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank, uh, you, thank you for thank listening you. as well. Uh, if you liked us, rate us very highly on iTunes, and uh, we will see you again very soon. Thanks, guys. Thank you.
3: Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.